Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As a new mother, I needed honesty. I needed to know that I wasn't alone. I needed to know that it does get easier. Yes, it's hard now, but it does get easier or it's going to get harder again or it's okay to argue with your partner and all these things that do ride with being a parent. It's it's okay. Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. And it's Monday. <laughs> it's a bank holiday Monday, no less. It fucking is. May, the month oh my of God. bank holiday. Three bank holidays this May, Al. We are greedy. Greek. I am delighted. It doesn't it really gone. matter to us, other than that the podcast no. starts to take a bit of a hit because people don't listen on the commute. But yeah, that's it's probably actually a bad thing for us. But yeah. selfishly, I just love the anarchy that a, that, a, that a bank holiday brings. What fucking day Me is it? Too. Who knows? It's a Monday that feels like a Sunday. And then bam. It gives like snow day vibes or like substitution teacher in yeah, your lesson vibes. Yeah, they've brought out the OHP. Like, we're watching a movie today. The projector? Is that the what The overhead projector. Is? Yes, it is. The overhead projector. Yes. OHP to the, to the, to the cool kids that sat at the front of the class and paid attention to the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I do, I do like a bank holiday. Yeah, and then, and then bam, before you know it, it's Friday and then it's the weekend again. And this week, it's going to be Friday and then we've got another one because it's the coronation. Yes. And I, I don't know how many people... Oh care is that why yes yes we've got a king oh that's then that's what the second one's for do you think they're going to be like street parties like the yes like... yes which brings yeah. me on to my awkward Al. a preemptive <gasps> yeah. awkward so Love next this. weekend which I'll, it'll probably be my awkward next week and the week after but there's okay. murmurings in the street whatsapp group as you know my street has a whatsapp group because i've moved to <laughs> a street with a whatsapp group and they are planning the street party for the coronation. Wow. That is the awkward. That is it. That's the full stop. I feel incredibly awkward, okay? Because I don't want to go. Obviously, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Not. Obviously, I don't want to go. I can't say I can't come because I'm going away. Because they'll see that I'm in. Because it's being held yeah. on my street. <laughs> I can't sit <laughs> in the house all day. Because, again, they'll see me from the street uh, 
this so is horrible. What do I do? It's <laughs> this is fucking horrible. awkward. It's horrible. You could say you've got an infectious disease. <laughs> you have to stay in the house. Well, no, because then I have to stay in the house. Then if a better plan comes along, I can't be like, oh, I'm going to my better uh, plan. So what I was thinking oh, yeah. is like, so on Saturday, yeah, I mean, I have no plan. I have no better plan, but I'm hoping that one will come up. So um, I'll have to leave the street party, but they'll be like, oh, stop in for a drink. And I'll be like, bollocks. Okay. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. I'm going to have to fucking go. There's, yeah. there's simply no way around it. But then Alex yeah. threw a real spanner in the works. And he's like, oh, I really, I think it's for people with kids. I was like, well, I have a kid. And he's like, no, 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 like kids, kids, not like hopeless baby kids, like kids, kids, you know, run around all right. fun, kid, kid. And it's like, right. So are we not invited? Because that's probably more awkward. That's way more awkward. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to like leave your house and like just trundle through the street party to yeah, get out. Yeah. Right. Thanks for thinking of me, guys. No one saved me a sausage, presumably. Fuck you all. Yeah. So I, I won't be able to. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to be able to take my car anywhere on a Saturday, am I? What? Am I going to be the one that runs over all the tiny street children? <laughs> <laughs> out my way, straight through the bunting. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> you're gonna have to go you're gonna have to go and i feel for you this is gonna be my awkward next week but it's preemptively awkward it's my preemptive awkward this week it will be my awkward next week too and the week after because next week will be even closer to it and the week after it will have just happened but i'm already awkward about it and it's two weeks away i am so excited to know the outcome of this i want pictures and videos of you at the street party i'm not ruling out (laughs) not being in London. I have been putting the feelers out to see if anybody would like to leave London with me. That's a good shout. To avoid it. I'd come with you, but I think I'm away then. Because I would also like to leave London, but I'm I'm away. I am leaving London. (laughs) I would also like to leave London, so I'm going (laughs) to leave London. Good for you, Al. If you'd like to join me in Tenerife, the invitation is open. Obviously, I want to join you in Tenerife. That sounds so much better than making small talk over glasses of pims, celebrating a, a king that I'm quite frankly unmoved by. Yeah, that's like. Do you know what? That's a really good way of putting it. Nice way of putting it. Unmoved by. I like that. I'm yeah. going to adopt that. I, yeah, I'm not quite. I'm not. I'm not going to throw. A grenade yeah. into the hands no. of our royalist listeners. Because if you love him, no. go get it, Queen. Go for it. You go love him. Go for it. Yeah. Love him without judgment. Yes. Um, moving swiftly on. <sighs> My awkward. I got received this DM. In response to a story that I put up about last week's ex- episode with Francesca, our <laughs> astrology expert. And this girl said, first time listening to you both, as I wasn't sure it was going to be for me. But I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I know that that message is, on the whole, a positive message. Because she loved the podcast. But why did she not think it was going to be for her? And why am I so bothered about this? Why am I, as one TikTok, as a TikTok generation might say, why am I pressed about this? (laughs) Why am I pressed? Why is my voice raised? Yeah, why is it raised? I get it. Why am I panting? I know, you DM'd it to me. Well, okay, so I I live in a fun I live in a fun ecosystem where I I'll be driving, I'll be fine, my heart rate is fairly normal, and then <laughs> I get a a WhatsApp message from Alex and it always has a picture and it goes OMFG. <laughs> and I think this one was like OMFG how rude. <laughs> and I just think, 
oh Christ, what's happened? Because it could be anything from like Dave's left her to a piece of arguably complimentary criticism. <laughs> a backhanded compliment at best. A back, it is a backhand. Yeah, and I agree. Why? Mm. What is it about us that she thought she wouldn't like? There's so much. Don't. It, is don't she saying that, that she's surprised? She's surprised yeah. that she ended up liking us, which implies that, yes, she presumed she was not going to like us. And I just want to know why. Do you really want why to know not? why, though? Do you really want her to say why? Because I think no. that will crush no. us. Because what yes. that means is we're going to have to know how we've been perceived. And if there's one thing I know that we don't want, it's to know how we've been perceived. Unless it was fantastically. Yes. <laughs> Okay, do you know what? You've you've closed the loop on that for me, actually. I don't I actually don't want to know. I'm done, I'm cured, I'm healed. Just ignorance is bliss. A hundred percent. Take take the compliment and leave the rest. Yes, yes. Oh my god, pick and choose. 100%. I'm gonna cherry pick. Cherry Fine. pick. Okay. Okay, my bad. I don't bad, know if you me. remember, back in January, before Arlo was born, I declared yeah. loudly that I was entering my UG era. Oh, God, yes. Live, on air, not live, but yes. during an episode, I ordered yes. a pair of Uggs. I pre-ordered yes. a pair of Uggs, which were due to arrive on Valentine's Day. And I thought, how nice. A postpartum gift to myself on the rom- romantic day of the year. The most romantic day Perfect. of the year. Perfect. Everything aligning. I like it. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know when they arrived? When? Yesterday. You're joking. You're actually joking. Oh my god! I know that's more than two months late. I know, and in that time, I reordered another pair, which arrived oh. within a matter of days. Oh. So now I have two pairs of Uggs, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The same Uggs? No, I got them in different colours because I foresaw this might be a problem. Okay. Okay, okay. But I foresaw this might be a problem. When I ordered the second pair of Uggs after the first after ordering the first pair that I knew were gonna arrive eventually, I thought, oh maybe I should just order a different colour. Yes. Okay, I like yes, it. I did that. Um I did see it. I did foresee a problem. I don't know why you're speaking in that tone. I the, the problem was foreseen. <laughs> um I did not lie. So anyway, I now have two different colours of Uggs, which is fine. Everything's fine except I want to send them back. It's April. It's warm. It's basically May. It's warm. I don't need two pairs of Uggs. But because of my ridiculous aversion to the post office, I think I just know then I'm fully allergic. I just think I'm, I know yeah. they're not going to go back. And then I want to sell them on anywhere. But then I just know it's the same thing again. And, and I tried to cancel the order. That's so even many harder. Times. It's so hard. And I tried to cancel the order so many times. And they wouldn't let me. But the money went so long ago now that I'm just like, huh. You know, so I'm going to say... myself in a state with it. Exposure therapy. Send them back. Do this return. Expose yourself to what you're afraid of. I feel a bit giddy. I don't think... I don't know about that. <laughs> You've Watch gone red. I'm getting, I'm getting a bit like, wait, what? It's a serious <laughs> advice. I have to go to the post office. I hate the yes. post office. I do go to the post office when I rent my clothes because I rent I rent clothes for parties and things. Yeah, yeah, you're good at that. I know, I'm really good thing. at that. But they want me to print my return label and I don't have a printer. No, no. Is it if it's Royal Mail, you should have the option to to not have a print to do the scan the QR code so you don't have to have a printer. 
don't know, it's from Flannels. I'm, I'm not happy with their pre-order system, I tell you. Pre-ordering for the feckin' next year. That is really bad. I feel like they can't do that. I know, and I've tried to cancel it so many times and you just can't. There was no cancel option. I would get in touch with their customer service because that's really bad. You can't just send something two and a half months later. It doesn't work like that. You say that, but I actually ordered my dad a Christmas present two and a half years ago and that arrived at my mum's house in March. Oh my God. She opened it. She said, there's a parcel for you. And I was like, cool, cool. She opened it and she was like, it's fit. I was like, I literally ordered that two and a half years ago and it just was like where's oh it been God. where's it been there will have been a human that was involved in its incredibly late arrival and i want to know why they even bothered if i hadn't requested to know where it was two in two and a half years they could have just kept it i am fascinated it was an etsy purchase <laughs> what maybe this had a massive backlog of things to make a two and a half year two backlog. And a half years. <laughs> Love that. I need to pay closer attention to um, my orders. That's all I know. Well, that is a bad. I think you. I think. Okay, you're either going to have to send it back or ask Alex to do it for you. Or just wear them. Wait, when is Alex next in the office? But it's a very big box. No, because he can print. He can print it off. Oh yeah, he could do that tomorrow. That, yeah, and then you've got the print out, and then you can take it. Sounds like an awful lot. <laughs> I'm getting really overwhelmed about it. I've got this like knot in my stomach. I don't know what my problem is with the fucking post. I've got what to grow up. What? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I know. I know. I know. But I did get my passport sorted. You what? Oh, your passport. Yeah. I have lost my driving license though, and I have to go back to the post office again. You have to go to the post office to get a form for the DVLA. You know what? I'm going to do it this afternoon. I'm going to go to the post office this afternoon. Are you? I'm not going to send the, the Uggs back today, but I'm going to I'm gonna practice and I'm going to go okay. and I'm going to get my DVLA form. Oh my God. Oh, I feel a bit giddy. Ooh. <laughs> From the post office? Yes. I feel like I need you to give me your order number for flannels and your email address. And I'm going to find out how you can send this back without printing because I'm pretty sure that you can. And this is going to be perfect. You're going to go to the post office, you're going to pick up your DVLA form and you're going to drop off your All box. All I know, Al, is that you've got enough on your plate without having to do this incredibly <laughs> mundane task that I can definitely do myself. And do you want to know something really sad? Of the three of us, of my three siblings, I am yeah. by far and away the most competent. What does that say yeah. about the other two? I... I <laughs> Dread to think. <laughs> Dread to think. Me too. Anyway, anything anyway. bad on yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> so, does the word, words, no word, it is one word. Does the word cake gate mean anything to you? Cake gate. No. Okay, so, this is like blown up on TikTok. I feel like you haven't been on TikTok. Have you been on TikTok for a week? <sighs> not really. Or has it just not busy. come up for you? Ugh. No, I, okay. I, I've been a bit busy. I, I need to spend some time. Okay, so what happened is there was this girl who owns a bakery in America somewhere and she had, she like puts her little cakes on Instagram and someone, she had a customer, she uh, made them a sprinkle rainbow cake. So the, the, the layers were all rainbow um, colored sprinkles on top and she'd written happy birthday on the top. And the customer had complained about this cake. And so this girl went on to do a video about it and be like, this is the worst customer complaint I've ever received. And it's so unfair and blah, blah, blah. And the girl, the customer ended up posting her receipts and like posting the photo of the cake which admittedly did not look great and it was a lot of money I think it was like $80 and it 
did not look good like it was mushed it was it was not great but this has sparked this entire thing on tiktok like i cannot breathe on there for seeing videos about kate gate and honestly i actually feel really sick about it because people from around the world literally people from all corners of the world are coming to tiktok to lay into this woman this baker to absolutely lay into her they've gone through every single video she's ever posted every single cake she's ever posted and they're doing they're doing these videos with like green screen of like look how bad this is look how bad that is she charges 60 dollars for this like talking about how they've even someone went on google maps and found the bakery and took a picture of the window and were like she her cinnamon buns here aren't covered this is a hygiene problem someone needs to get in touch with like the you know oh hygiene God. control and i was like you guys are actually sick but the the horrible the scary thing is is watching how much pleasure people are taking from this like it's this like so, it's like this so this much. pack is like banding together to to like delight in this schadenfreude and it's so disgusting and I feel and I keep writing on these people's videos and I never I never ever comment anything negative on people's videos ever M- mostly because I can't be asked I don't want to get involved but I keep saying like this video is so mean like what are you doing like okay yes she, oh yes that cake wasn't very good yes she's not the gre- the best cake baker in the world yes maybe she charges too much for her cakes but like is she a serial killer like, has she harmed someone's but child? Some like, what are you doing? Not to buy them. Like, if you don't like what someone's doing, don't fucking buy it. I know. It's so, you know, like, I keep thinking about this at the moment, just in terms of how the world is. And it's like, I'm watching, um, What's Her Chops got married. Sophia Ritchie got married. And I've seen so many commentary videos about how, like, she's the new it girl and she's so much better than Hayley Bieber and it's like well, they're so happy that the Kardashian era is ending and this real woman is whatever. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you all just stop building people and trashing people and playing with people like tiktok and it's really that's really stressed me out that it's happened to somebody unfamous like the cake the poor cake woman because that she is has genuinely she had less than ten thousand followers that is enough to make a person in their life and to pretend otherwise is willfully ignorant <laughs> It, she she didn't handle the situation well. Like, that's undeniable. She didn't hand, handle the situation well. She should never have made a video about it in the first place, probably. Her reaction to all the backlash she was getting was super defensive, like, not very nice. But, like, that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, all right. So her crime, her crime is that she's too defensive or she's not a very good baker. Like, right. it's actually mad how we play with people to this extent. Like, it stresses me out it's so much. I find... Disgusting. The, uh, like, cult... It's like Lord of the Flies mentality, and it's like it never fucking ends well. I know it never it's ends so well. Sick. I find it really, really sad because it just takes one thing. You know, like I know, I know, like people take the t- the piss out of TikTok boys and stuff, and obviously I'm one of them. And I think like there is something to be said for like the skits and for like the jokes and for, you know, there's bits of TikTok that I really like in terms of like everybody kind of has a sense of humour. But then there's some things where a person will be picked up for nothing, you know, picked up for nothing. You know, these TikTok boys, I think they know what, you know, a lot of creators, I think what I'm trying to say, a lot of creators know what they're doing. They want to get stitched. They want to have the jokes with people. And like, that is kind of the charm of TikTok is that you can have this, like you can have these crazy connections and make this mental stuff together. But then sometimes the wrong person gets picked up and it's like, it's so crazy. 
I know it's it it's just, it's made it's actually made me feel really sick, like super sick. We because we talked about it when when it all happened with Liam Payne and everything kicked off with Liam Payne, yeah. and yeah. then much later after he became the laughing stock of the entire internet, then everyone was putting up tweets being like, "What happened to Liam Payne?" and it's like. What do you mean? What happened to Liam Payne? Like right. you made him the butt of the internet for two months, and now you want to know why he's not looking very well. And it's like that's happened to somebody who is so famous. And, and imagine like not, not that it's not that it's okay for it to happen to someone famous because it's absolutely not. It's not okay in any sense. But like, I'm happy that Liam at least has the resources to be able to have a good support or, or, or afford therapy and you know and he's got enough money and, and resources and means but like un- non-famous people and non-rich people don't have the means to do that no and they don't have any practice and they don't have anybody in their life who knows what it's like at least you know Liam Payne may well be friends with other people who have been center of a crazy storm that, and they can tell them it ends and it's not personal and people will move on when you are in the midst of something like this it is like Every sniper in the world is pointed on you and you don't know that they will ever, ever, ever go away. Right. And it transcends into your real life so quickly. It's shit and it's gross. And I would just encourage anyone to boycott hashtag Kate Gate. Goods. Goods. Anything good. I hate to glean good from that situation, but I kind of, there's been a little bit of a silver lining to it in that I am I've been introduced to Cake Talk and there is nothing, suddenly, there is nothing more therapeutic in my life than watching people pipe cakes and use a spatula to like smooth them out and watch the little spinning I thing. Agree. It's so satisfying. <sighs> and I'm I think my toxic up, but... trait is that I think I could do it myself. I definitely can't. I would love to bake a cake with you. Could we have a day where we so many dreams that we'll never fulfill? But in a, in a <laughs> dreamland, I would like to spend the day making a cake with you. We have a cake competition. And oh my god, I'd love we'll that. We'll see who makes the prettier cake. <gasps> I would love that. Oh, look. Perhaps we look should do I one got. episode in real time. Yes. Baking a cake. Look what I you bought. You bought Nadia's Everyday Baking. I will buy it yes. also. We'll do a practice run by ourselves and then we can do one together and we'll oh my record. God. Is it just me baking a cake together? I'm going to make a chocolate cookie pie. That does look very good. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do a classic Victoria sponge because the easier it is, the better it will be. Boring. Okay. Anyway. There's pistachio. Anyway, sorry. That's my good. Okay, yeah, we'll bake a cake together. Um, my good is that I we I saw you in person. We went to the studio. It was. I it know. Was it was so it was nice, wasn't it? It was so nice yeah. to be back back in the studio. I felt hugely overwhelmed afterwards with all my work and trying to be basically doing everything I did before except with a dependable, which yeah, I think will take some practice. But are you kidding? It was great. It was so fun. I absolutely loved it, and I've missed you loads. So it was nice to. Really it was nice. nice to get back into it. It was, wasn't it? I feel like I was yes, a bit rusty with the interviews, but... Nah. Um... Smashed it, babes. It was a hoot. It was a hoot. So, without further ado, here is, yes. here is one of our interviews. So, this week felt quite timely in that it was my first day back in the studio. It was. Um, avec um, So, we spoke to Louise, who you might know on Instagram as Mama Still Got It. She has a book coming out on June the 8th called Mama Still Got It. And we talked all about the book, but also about existing on Instagram as a mother and actually her journey to doing what she's doing now in that she was a successful model throughout her teen years and... um, 
and and again throughout her 20s we talked about body image we talked about um the the shift in a woman's life if she does have a baby and it was so much fun it was timely actually and it wasn't even planned to be that way but i felt like it would just the interview fell at a really good time for you so that was that was great it was perfect i feel like you were related a lot and she was she was just cool and she's just so fucking gorgeous isn't she so gorgeous so without further ado Take our word for it that she's beautiful because you can't see her and enjoy her wonderful words. Here's Louise. Hi, Louise. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. Thanks Pretend like we in. haven't been together for a while now. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm so nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure's all mine, honestly. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and see you. Yeah, we're so we're so happy to have you on. Um, we've both followed you for a, for a while and I don't have any children. I'm not a mum, but your account is the funniest thing to me. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I can relate, even I though hope I absolutely it hasn't cut you off, kids. No, it just makes me laugh. I rewatched your video of like a, a day in the life of a toddler. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it's, I mean, it's just chaos, yeah, but it's, so funny. But it's it's true. You've got this all coming. I'm it's, excited. Yeah, yeah. It's, they just touch everything, everything. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, maybe it gets better after toddlers. No. <laughs> It, it's fine though. I don't want to put anyone it's off. Fine. It's fine. We all, you know, it's fine. And then we have more children, and that, you know, because they're all wonderful. But yes, it's um, there's beauty in every stage, right? Even with yeah, the, yeah. Even with my ten year old now, he's going through a stage now where he just calls me bra. Does he? Bra. Yeah. Cool bra. bra. Everything's bra. Oh my god, that's like that TikTok where it's like, oh yeah, excuse me, bra. That's yeah, Zoolander. Right. Zoolander. I think that's yeah. maybe is where it, it comes it, from. Is that yeah. What it is? yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. But I did a, a, a reel about him calling me bra the other day and how to like translate all the different kind of bras. And I thought, well, maybe I am the only one that goes to this. But then like the comments like, oh my God, me too. And you're like, okay, so I'm not alone. And that's what's nice. Is a lot of the videos that I do, a lot of the time I think, will anyone relate to this? Because I don't yeah. know if this is normal. And then I'm like, okay, it's fine. This yeah. is all normal, fine. Sounds good. Yeah, this fit, it feels really fitting. This is we were saying this is my first interview back since having a baby, yeah, so you're it feels amazing. very yes. fitting that you're here for <laughs> that. Like, because I I'm fascinated by the mum side of Instagram, and it's like it's a really weird thing that happens when you have a baby. Because it's like, do you just become a mum influencer? Like, when your whole brand is what you do, mm. or you're your whole brand is who you are. Yeah. When you become a mum, do you become a mum, whatever. So I've been really like personally like, oh God, is that all I'm going to be now? And blah, and having this massive internal existential, which seems like an oxymoron. Anyway, <laughs> but it's so nice to have, see accounts where it's just like yours, where it's so much humour. Oh, in that's good. Like... Yeah. Because it is like you're a mum professionally, yeah. which is like yeah, fun. It's a full time job, yeah. <laughs> but like you're, but yeah, you're a professional mum to your kids, but then yeah. you're also a professional mum publicly. Yeah, weird. I didn't think of it like that. How do you think of it? Um, accidental, to be honest. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I joined Instagram to kind of better like my modelling career. Um, if anyone said to me, you know, when I started Instagram, well, you're going to be known for having little plastic hands. I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? But, <laughs> they made me laugh so much. <laughs> so good. But I joined Instagram to better my modelling career because it was at a time where I wasn't on social media at all. The industry was very much like, if you're not on social media, then you're forgotten about. Fine. So I was like, okay, well, I've got to get involved. And then I called it Mama Still Got It because I was a mum. And I felt like I'd lost a bit of my identity when I became pregnant. My previous agency 
were quite matter of fact. And, it, you know, they were like, well, your career's kind of pretty much done now. And I really? Was like, because you are pregnant? Yeah, because I was pregnant when a mum and wasn't maybe available for certain shoots, especially overseas, my age, I don't know, all sorts of things. And, you know, there are so many blondes out there. I, I was very easily replaced. So I just took a step back and just had my baby. But then obviously... I just remember feeling really like, well, what am I doing now? Like, yes, I've had a child, but now what? Like, I still want to work. I still want to feel like me. I know that I've still got this something inside me that I still want to do something. Mm. And then I just joined Instagram out of kind of a bit of boredom, really. And like, I need to do something. And because I felt like I, I had lost a bit of my identity and... I still knew that I could still look nice and do my job and have a conversation. And, you know, I wasn't, ju- it wasn't just about the baby. Um, but I thought if I feel like that, then I'm sure others do. And so that's why it's called Mama Still Got It. And I guess it's also like, you know, I can still do some modelling. It's still okay. Um, and then the funny stuff happened really during COVID um, when I was feeling really like anxious about, state of the world and I guess we all were and um being at home with three kids homeschooling or you know all day every day and my youngest at the time was six months so I had a six month old a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and it was just like oh my gosh this is way too much and the way that I dealt with it was just make fun of it and yeah. just laugh at it and I kind of have always believed that laughter is the best medicine um and just did that really and again thinking people are going to like this or relate to this or am I really putting myself out there and making a fool of myself which I totally am but <laughs> I think you know it got, got to the point where I was like well I don't care like I don't care that like, there's nothing else to do we're in yeah. lockdown and I've got to keep myself busy doing something aside from just homeschooling kids and changing nappies but what was lovely is that there were loads of other parents saying thank you because we're all in this together. You've made me laugh for the first time today. And yeah, it was so, and I just thought, and I honestly, I wasn't planning on, I didn't even think that I could be this funny character. I didn't, it, I had no idea that there, that was something I could do. It was very strange, but so I just continued it really. Um, yeah, and now I have this Hans character and... <laughs> make fun of my husband but she's totally fine with <laughs> yes yeah, so it's been quite cool and then obviously from that um a book's been written and yeah so it's it's kind of cool can I ask you mentioned before about like when you got pregnant with your first baby and that was kind of like felt like the end for your modeling mm. how was that for you and I'm asking myself three months postpartum like how was that for you in terms of your identity and how did you cope with the with your your image of yourself. Yeah, I did struggle. Um, and I kind of felt like I had to throw myself back into work. Like I really wanted to. I kind of needed to prove to myself that I literally have still got it and I can still do it. And I remember my agency was like, um, there's a shoot in Germany and my baby was about four months old, a little bit older than your baby. And it was a shoot in Germany and it was like three days away and they were like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yep, I can do it. I can do it. I can do this. It's fine. And oh my God, like I remember just sitting on the plane going, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like that, I felt like the umbilical cord was still attached to him and 
I just felt really like I shouldn't be like, what am I doing? Like, just enjoy this time. So that was a bit of a wake up call because even though, and I did do the job and it was great. Um, but the whole time, like my boobs were leaking and phoning home, is everything all right? And Aww. I didn't really enjoy it. So I, although that I really wanted to hold on to my identity, trying to do it made me also reflect and go, actually, you need this time to just enjoy your young baby and because it goes so fast. Um, and then obviously the mum guilt creeps in and you question yourself. But so after I so after I came home, I just said, right, I'm just going to stay at home for a bit. If any UK jobs came in, I would take the baby. That was fine. Um, but I really had to work on, I really had to kind of work on like how I was feeling. I I wanted to still feel good. I still wanted to look good. And of course, you know, when you're in the fog of babies and you do catch yourself in the mirror sometimes, you're like, who the hell is that? Like, I don't recognize that person. And then, of course, because I was really tired, part of my personality had gone. And I was a bit like, I don't know. I don't know who I am at the moment. And then, of course, that can reflect on your relationships because you're not that my, my husband ever did this, but I kind of felt like, you don't think that I'm as fun as I used to be because I'm not, because I'm tired and I'm leaking and I've got a blocked milk duct and it's fucking really painful. It's so fucking painful. It's so painful. Oh my God. Have you experienced this? Yeah, I had it like two weeks ago. It's oh my worse, God. And it lasted for a week. I, it was worse oh, than birth. it's horrible. It was it's horrible. Awful. Oh, I feel your anyway, pain. sorry, carry on. Um, so I just had to do little things to kind of hold on to my identity, whether it was like just going for a walk by myself or getting a new lip gloss and trying it out or getting my hair washed or something. Something that just made me feel like I'm not just like this sack of potatoes. Um, and I found that every small little thing that I did, like really small, when you put all those small things together, it made me feel like I had done something big. And it was really nice. Even like little things like finishing a cup of tea <laughs> when it's hot, like all these little things. And then I would, you know, my husband and I, and we still do this, like we really make time for each other. Like we all, we have regular date nights and movie nights and things like that. So we really, just so we kind of stay connected because it's mm. so easy to feel disconnected when you're in the this, the height of new baby and the fog and kid, you know, it's it's... It's, it's something that you do need to really work on. Um, and we still do that. It's a lot easier now because the kids are a bit older. Mm. We've got a whole other issues coming now with like preteens and stuff. Bra. Bra. <laughs> yeah. Bra. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do feel now, I do feel that I know, like I feel like I've got my identity back. Um, yeah. And that has, mm. that's, I do feel like I've got it back. And I feel, I feel like I'm, probably better now than I was pre-kids which is mm. good like I, you know and it's just it's just working on yourself and you know mentally spiritually physically um and it's you know it's a form of self-care quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know what strikes me is when you were talking about when you first got pregnant, like I think probably every woman when they get pregnant or they're thinking about getting pregnant, they have this worry about work Yeah, because obviously it changes things, mm. right? Especially with childcare and childcare costs, like it's not easy. It's really difficult. But for you, especially when, if you're in modeling, when your job relies on your appearance and your freedom if, you know, given that it involves so much traveling and <clears throat> mm. dropping everything at a, a day's notice to travel to Spain or whatever, yeah. that must have been so scary to make the decision to try for kids and then also to to have, yeah. to get pregnant and have kids. It must have been terrifying. Well, it was. And to be honest, when my, when I first got pregnant, it was a very lovely surprise oh yeah surprise oh I'm so surprised it was a lovely lovely surprise so it wasn't really on our agenda so when it did and I was doing um pregnancy tests and they kept saying negative and I was like what the hell's wrong with me like I'm just really don't feel great at all did loads of pregnancy tests and they were all negative so I ruled that out and then I went to the doctors um for cystitis and and I was like, I haven't had a period in a few months. Is that stress? And he was like, no, that's probably pregnancy. And I was like, no, it's not. I've done loads of tests. And he was like, well, we'll do another one just in case. I was like, fine. And then I, I and then he was like, yeah, you're pregnant. Like really cavalier, like, yeah, you're pregnant. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and because it was a bit of a shock, um, there was this, this thought of like, what the hell now? Because was not prepared for it at all in regards to like, yeah, my work, none of my friends had kids. I didn't, I, it wasn't on, you know, it wasn't something that I was thinking about. And then I knew that it was going to affect my job and everything. And it did. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started showing, um, and had to finish work and then my previous agency basically said, good luck with everything, you know, that's so brutal. It happens, it, yeah. you know, it, it happens, I think, with with lots of careers, you know, it's shit. But, um, but you know, in a way, it made me then want to start something like Mama Still Got It, which I'm really pleased that I did. Um, but, yeah, well, I, I saw that my, everything just, I think, because you, when you are a model, you're obviously you're self-employed. Um, and when you start working, then that's it. Like, that, that's it. And I had no, nothing else. Um, and I remember just being like, right, okay. So I wouldn't, like, how can I be bringing someone into the world without an income and without knowing what the hell I'm doing? And it was, again, that was like a knock-on effect on like my identity and what the hell am I doing? Um, but I will say that all things work out 
And I remember at the time thinking, this is the worst timing. I don't know what I'm doing. But looking back now and now where I am now, it was the best timing. It was meant to happen. And I'm so pleased that everything worked out the way that it did. Um, it, it was all perfect. Um, but at the time, you're like, oh my God. But it was, it was, it was perfect. Um, and then obviously didn't go back to that agency. Went to another one, and uh, which is where I'm still now. And they, you know, saw... I said to them, like, I want to start this blog. And they were like, well, we think it's a great idea. And that could coincide with the modelling. And then, and it's been, you know, as I said, it's it's all worked out. And I think if anyone out there listening is in a place where like, oh, shit, I don't know what's going on in my life. And I don't know where it's going to go. It will be fine. Everything works out. It always does. I really, really believe in that. I, like I think that. that's something that's not talked about a lot is the fear in pregnancy. Yeah. Like, you kind of, you kind of, feel or I felt terrified when I was pregnant because I was like what the fuck what the fuck yeah. <laughs> how am I going to do this and obviously now it is fine but it's so scary but then you feel like you can't say that because you feel like yeah you're so lucky and yeah. and you're not supposed to and it's supposed to be this like magical ethereal time yeah. and actually it's like this is fucking scary, hard it's yeah. so scary but also the same when your baby arrives um, I didn't naturally get that immediate bond that and at the same, I think Beyonce had her baby at the same time as I did. And I kept reading her articles going, I've never felt a lot like this before. And this is amazing. Oh, my God. And I was reading it going, I don't feel like that. Mm. I, I, I'm very pleased with this person that I've created, but I don't have that. <laughs> oh, my God, this is the best thing in yeah. the world. It came later, but it wasn't immediate. But it was immediate with um, my second and my third. But I think because I just wasn't, ready and it was it was frightening like the whole mm. pregnancy that first time I just wasn't mentally ready for it um and so when he arrived there was a sense of oh god what now and also the the, the responsibility of like I remember holding him going I've got to keep you alive now forever <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck I don't know how to do I don't need to keep myself alive <laughs> I mean, obviously I do but um so yeah there is a lot of fear around pregnancy and then you know it is normal to not feel that instant bond with a child it's normal it's okay mm. um it did come later on and that's and it stayed forever but yeah it wasn't immediate and crushing okay. that you have Beyonce I've had Molly May right everyone's <laughs> got a pregnancy yeah. celebrity pregnancy buddy yeah that doesn't know they exist but Molly's <laughs> been quite honest actually on her YouTube she's she, been quite honest has she, she? Ha yeah, yeah yeah she well, oh. she did that video a few weeks ago saying that she was really overwhelmed by yeah. everything and she's really? finding it really difficult oh, yeah bless her. then she got a load of shit for that so I made a video about it because she got so much oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah I hate that that's such bad oh, it pissed me off I so, much. so much oh you, you've got the same 24 hours in a day as everyone else it's just like Suicide uh, yeah. is the leading cause of death for new mothers. Oh Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Also, exactly. listen to I don't her. mean this in a patronising way, but she is really young she's as well. Oh is she 23? Is she 23? Oh my God, I thought she was like 26, but that no, is... she's, she's so young. She's so young. She's a baby. Bless yeah. her. And, be, and people are still, actually, I've been really surprised by it because obviously, like, you kind of find your tribe when you have a baby. So I found, yeah. like, some of my tribe and my Instagram followers who also have babies in, like, January, February, whatever. And people are being a bit like, well, you know, I'm finding her Instagram stuff really unrelatable. And it's like, same. She mm. looks fucking great, but mm. she doesn't owe anybody relatability. Mm. And I find it really interesting that we do this at every level, particularly with babies, where we project our 
or cling on to somebody or something. Mm. And then, because she's she, her mm. YouTube is very different from her Instagram. It feels like her YouTube's where she's being really honest, and her is Instagram's it? where mm. she's being like, which is the point. Yeah. That's the you whole know, point. That is exactly, the whole point yeah. of Instagram, and that is her job. And yeah. you know, mm. like she's she that I, the fact that people can't see the pressure that she's under to do mm. that on Instagram and then have a go. It just feels very. I but also the odd. people that are making like you know toxic comments towards her either don't you know they might not they're not even a mother themselves or and it's just women being mean to other women which yeah. is something that I cannot stand no it's like just it. give her a hug give her a hug oh, just yeah. Yeah. just like, oh, yeah. leave her alone if yeah. you don't want to give her a hug just leave yeah. her alone you don't have to give her a yeah. punch like she's just had a kid I know but yeah but she's being honest so when Beyonce had her first and it was like everything was like rainbows and butterflies I was like oh my god what's wrong with me <laughs> why is this so hard um, but I didn't have a tribe when I first had a baby I didn't have anyone an in real life tribe yeah in real yeah. life online how old nothing. were you when 31 you first? Okay. 31 and none of my friends had kids I wasn't online I did go to NCT mm. but I didn't gel with them because I felt like everyone was uh, sugarcoating everything everyone right. I felt like and I did, I did say this to them. Um, we would all meet up for coffees with our babies and everyone would be like, oh my God, it's amazing. My baby sleeps all night. <laughs> oh and my husband's amazing. And maybe that is true. Like, and, I was, and I was just like, do you know what? My baby doesn't sleep. I want to staple things to my husband's head. And this is shit. <laughs> and then all of them, like, nearly all of them were like, oh my God, me too. And I was like, we have to be honest with each yeah. other. We have yes. to be like, we're in this together. I'm not going to sit and have coffee with you and go, my baby's already let the alphabet. You know, when like the, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's just, also, it's not honest. the very point of NCT friends are the people who are in the trenches with you yeah. at that moment. Like, yeah. if you can't be honest with them, yeah. is it? I didn't do NCT because I was scared. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was because I had because because my pregnancy was so shit. Yeah. Not shit. That sounds really bad. It wasn't. I kind of loved. I kind of loved it, but I was also. It was really hard. It was, it was really hard. hard. Yeah, and I sort of didn't have the energy. And then I was really scared of being judged. And I think I was a bit scared that I wasn't loving being pregnant. Mm. So and then I was like, well, I don't want to want to go there and sit with those people who are loving being pregnant. Right. And mostly I haven't got the time on the energy. And then when she was born, I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I've been very overwhelmed because I feel like everybody sugarcoats it. Yeah. But like, that's a really weird part of, I feel like that's what your, what your work on Instagram mm. is combating this thing that, and I, and I don't think it's NCT mums' fault. I think mm. women have to, Present present themselves as holding it all together because yeah. that's what we're taught that our role it's is. What we're taught, yeah. So and we have to do it well, yeah. and it's horrible. Like, yeah. And I must admit, I I'm very honest uh, about most things to a point where I'm literally like, should I delete that? Um, <laughs> and I've I realised that the, my core group of friends, they're really honest as well. And so, and I've you know we've been hanging out since we were at school. So when we're all together, it's just like. Bleh, bleh. Yeah. And yeah. we were all together um, last weekend and it's almost like a therapy session. We just like go, so what's, you know, how's this and how's that? And we're just like, well, this is shit, but that was all good. And, and I'm like, God, yeah, I had that too. And, I, and it's just honest. Whereas there are other women who won't say anything. And, and then I don't know, I just feel, maybe it's just me. I just like being really honest. And maybe that's why people like my Instagram because it is honest, but then it's got a comedy twist on it. Um, but it, I, I, I needed as a new mother. I needed honesty. I needed to know that I wasn't alone. I needed to know that it does get easier. Yes, it's hard now, but it does get easier, or it's going to get harder again, or it's okay to argue with your partner, and all these things that do ride with being a parent. It's it's okay. But 
But, you know, at the time I was like, there's something wrong with me because I feel like I'm failing. But it turns out I wasn't. We were all not failing. We were all in it together. We were all on this journey together, this this roller coaster ride. But at the time I felt like I was the only one. But it turns out I wasn't, which was nice, comforting. If you don't mind, it would be good to talk about modelling, go yeah. into that a little bit, if, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, did you did you like modelling? Do you like modelling? I love it now. Um, I feel like the, the industry is a very different place now for the better. Like when I first started, it was mid-90s. It was, yeah, it was very much heroin chic. Everyone wanted to be like Kate Moss. If you weren't a certain size, you were just kicked out um, or told to lose weight, which I was. Um, and it was a very, it was really difficult. It was really sad. It was lonely. Um, and I really wanted to uh, make my agents happy and kind of prove that I could do this um, and did develop an eating disorder. And a lot of girls did. It just seemed the norm. And because I was living at home with my mum, I tried the whole starving yourself but she would give me meals into the day and be like eat your food mm. and and I and I would um start my day um because you, you go on castings you go on like 20 castings a day um so this is like before before the internet so literally you had to go and meet people all day every day and it was exhausting and so I would spend the day not eating um to a point of like, I'm going, I'm, well, there were a few times where I did faint on the tube and then come home absolutely starving. My mum would put a big meal in front of me and I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, and I'd eat all of it. Mm. And then obviously the fear of gaining any weight and the guilt of eating. So then I would throw it all up. Um, and that was something that I continued to do for a long time and no one knew. And... I didn't, you know, it did, I did obviously lose weight, but I looked awful and I wasn't getting the work and I had lost all sense of confidence. And again, my identity was gone and I was so young. I was like 16, 17 and my friends were at college having a great time and socializing and dating. And I was just this insecure, low confidence wreck trying to please other people that I could be thin. And on top of that, I would be going to these castings and you'd meet people and they would be so rude. And they would be, they'd treat you like cattle. It's like, you know, turn around, you've got this. And like very, very, very rude. Um, and again, as a young teen, you, you kind of engulf all of that and you believe it. And so it got to the point where I just despised myself. I was like, I'm disgusting. And because I wasn't getting the work, I was like, there's definitely something wrong with me. So then the eating disorder would evolve and it got worse. And then it just got to a point where I I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And it was normal. It was almost like throwing up was as usual as or as normal as going to the gym. It was just part of my day. Um, so it was, it wasn't, it wasn't particularly nice at all. I didn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't tell anyone. No one knew. You kind of suffer silently. I mean, you've been there as well. And it's, um, you just look back, you just want to shake that girl and be like, what the hell are you doing? But I know that other girls were doing it at the same time and no one really spoke about it, even though we all knew that we were doing it. No one spoke about it. But I remember like going to lots of castings and 
when you go pop to the loo, you'd hear other girls just like in the loo, just throwing up. It's awful, absolutely awful. And then I went to, my agency sent me to um, Australia for a while. Um, and that was bit, a bit better because I kind of felt like I fitted in a bit better. I was more of like the beach girl. Um, I had, you know, I, I, I had, I had some boobs, um, which I kind of felt in the UK was a bit like, that's not the look right now. But Isn't that insane? I know. I had boobs in the UK <laughs> and it wasn't really the look. No, it So wasn't. I had to go to Australia. Yeah, I went to Australia. <laughs> Where Crazy. being in a bikini with a bit of boob was normal, or was nice. Um, so I worked there more than I did in the UK, but I was still, I was still doing all the throwing up and stuff and... But it was a lot easier because I was away from home. So I didn't have my mum's watchful eye or anything. But then I was like, added laxatives to the whole equation. Oh, gosh. And I remember eating like a whole thing of laxatives. It wasn't pills. It was like a, like a bar. Mm. And it said on the packet, like, have a mouthful. And I took the whole thing. Mm. And then the next day, oh, my God, I turned up at a train station and the pain, the cramps, I was like doubled over on the floor. It was like being in labor. It was awful. Um, and like trying to figure out where the nearest loo was. And it was just, it was just a really rubbish time. Um, and I felt like I was constantly trying to prove myself to people. I wanted people to think that I was good enough the whole time. I didn't once stop to think like, what's good for me? Like, is this working for me? It just wasn't I think I was so young and I really wanted it and I kept seeing other girls doing really well and I was like, why can't I get that? I just need to be thinner. I kind of thought all my problems would disappear if I was thinner. And I did get thin, but nothing changed because I had nothing. I was just a shell. I was dead inside. I had nothing going on. Um, which of course, you know, you, you, you need that. You need personality. You need that. You can't walk on set and just be like this ghost. Mm. Um... And then when I came back from Sydney, I think being away from my family for a long time, and again, it was before social media, it was before FaceTime, it was before Skype, all these things. So I literally did not see my family face to face for a long time. And then when they saw me, they were all like, okay, you're sick and Mm. you need help. And it was their help that got me through it. And at the same time, it got to a point where I'd completely fallen out of love with modelling and I hated everything about it. I found it really toxic. And it was a bit of a wake-up call to come home and for my family to greet me at the airport and for them to be like, we need to fix you. This yeah. isn't right. And then I spent two years working in an office. I completely stepped away from the industry and I spent two years working in an office. And within that time, I really felt like I was healing and accepting myself and leading like a normal life. I got a job and I was working in an office nine to five and I met people and we went for lunch and we went to the pub after work and it it really felt lovely. I really felt I wasn't being judged with anything and it was, it was lovely. Um, and then as fate would have it, my boss um, was just signed off work with mental health issues. And he was just, he just went one day. I had no idea what was going on and he was gone. And I was his assistant. So then I had, I was going to work with nothing to do. Um, and then the the lady that I sat next to, who was like my best friend in the office, 
she suddenly switched and she became this awful woman to me and like started bullying me. So between her and my boss going, I was in this office space just going, well, what do I do now? And then a friend of mine who was at my agency previously said, there's an agency that's just opened that caters for models who are curvier. And I was like, okay, I'll give that a go because it's, I have nothing else to do. And very, again, out of complete like, well, I don't know what else to do. Um, send him some pictures and a bit, bit nervous about it because I didn't really want to go back into the industry. But I was so miserable in my office job at that point. I thought I've got nothing to lose. And then within after sending my pictures off within literally a couple of weeks, they asked if I wanted to do a shoot. Um, and I was like, yeah, all right. Took the day off work, called in sick and just did this shoot. And it was my first job as a curvier woman. I was terrified to kind of step back into it again. But it was wonderful and it was for Marks and Spencer's so I'm forever grateful for them for being my first job back um and shooting me in my underwear looking just like me I didn't have to prove myself to anyone it was a beautiful shoot and um I think that if it wasn't for that job and for me feeling like it's so I'm I've been accepted and I'm now being celebrated rather than kind of penalised for like having an inch or centimetre or millimetre too big. Um, and so, yeah, so I quit my office job and started modelling again and then did that for like 20 years. And it was, and that was when I enjoyed it because I was doing it as me. I could be my size 14 with my E cup or F cup boobs, I forget what they are, um, and just be me. And it was wonderful and I had the most amazing career and I'm so grateful for it. Met amazing people, travelled the world and just represented women that are curvier. Um, and what's wonderful is that I've seen the industry evolve so beautifully into more acceptance with all models of size, colour, ability, everything. And for that, I'm really, really grateful for because when I first started, you had to be, you had to all be identical. Um, and I know that there are a lot of other girls out there who are either, you know, kind of been around as long as I have or just getting into the industry who may not have been given an opportunity back then, but have now because I feel like so many more people are being accepted. Um, you know, you can look on um, magazine covers, like you wouldn't, you know, like, Tess Holiday on the cover of Cosmopolitan and you know all these other amazing models and it's just it wouldn't have happened in you know before and it has and for that I think is brilliant I'm really pleased that it has evolved and I'm pleased I'm so grateful that now even as I'm 43 and I'm a size 14 to 16 I'm still modeling like that's kind of you would never hear of that like 20 years ago so that I'm really grateful for so it went from being really shit to being really good <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and it's out like even your whole demeanor changed when you were talking about like that. Yeah. Like the pre model mm. stuff and then like the now model stuff. Like yeah. it just, it seems after your experience, like it must have just been very liberating and just. It was really liberating. Wonderful. Yeah. And I do look back to the times where it was really miserable. And that was like a really quick summary of like 25 years. But it was, um, 
Yeah, I remember turning 16 uh, in Paris on my 16th birthday. I was alone in Paris and I just starved myself. And, you know, there was no mobile phones. There was nothing. And I was just put in this, this disgusting model flat with no one. And I was terrified and I didn't eat anything. And it was my birthday. And I was just like, I shouldn't, this, I shouldn't be, like, what am I doing? And like my, now that I'm a mother myself, I, I just think I, I, I'm, I want to protect my kids forever going through anything like that. Um, and for them to be honest and open with me. And I kind of, I wish that I had opened up to my family more when it first happened, but I didn't want them to take away like my modeling dream. I didn't want them to be like, right. And I knew, I know that they would have done. So I didn't say anything. Um, but I do think it's made me stronger and, um, made me realize who I am and, you know, who I want to be. So, you know, again, like we go through, we had to kind of be in the dark to sometimes see the light. So, yeah. God, I wasn't realizing how young you were when you turned us like 16. I didn't realize it. God, that is so, so young. Yeah. You're still That's a child. Horrendous. Like you still haven't probably developed. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing myself, like I, I got my period quite late. I got my period when I was 15 and a half and I realized that as soon as I got that, I kind of noticed myself changing. And because my periods were really, really heavy, um, I went on the pill to kind of make them a bit lighter, which of course doing that made my boobs grow, made my hips grow, which was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. Um, and I remember my agency were like, literally just like, this isn't working for us. I was like, it's my fucking body. I can't like, <laughs> like I can't. puberty. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is puberty. Yeah. For us. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It's so, so disgusting. It's gross. And I, I wish that I had been strong enough to just stand up and say, fuck off. Like just fuck off. But I wasn't. And no one did. And there wasn't a platform like social media to stand up and say, this is wrong. And that is, again, where I'm really grateful for things. This is where social media is a really positive effect because everyone has a voice, everyone can say, and so many people have been heard um, and made a difference. And um, had that been around, you know, in the early 90s, maybe things would have been different for me. But again, I'm... I feel like where I am now, I'm. This is where I'm supposed to be, and your whole journey is part of that. So, mm. crack on. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Looking at your social media now, um, because you've got a huge following, and I'm mm. guessing it's mostly mums. Uh, it's most well women, yeah, women. a lot of mums, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you find that to be? Do you find your social media presence? like very positive or do you have negativity within it as well? It's very, very positive. I'm very lucky and I have, I've always said this, I've got such incredible followers and I'm great. I'm so thankful that they're all there uh, on my journey with me. They're very, very positive and very lovely. Um, of course you get like the odd comment here and there, but generally really, really good, really positive. And um, I've learned that my my page is about positivity. It's about being fun. Mm. I did post something a few years back. I think it was during COVID. I mentioned something that without me realizing it sparked a debate. 
And I was like, whoa, what's this? I don't want this. Um, and the, uh, and people that didn't know each other were arguing with each other under my my post. And it got to a point where I, it got quite nasty. And I was like, mm. you know, I'm just going to just going to delete the post because mm. I'm not here for debates. That's not my account. Um, so I deleted it. And then I just learned, I, you know, it's just a lesson learned. Like maybe don't I don't I don't talk about politics on my on my page. Um, I generally don't like talking about politics generally, especially around my family, because everyone's got a different opinion and no one, you know, every, we talked about politics at the weekend with my friends and even then like it gets heated. Mm, So I just think just, no, not, not, that's not what my page is about, but Mm. yeah, I'd say my followers are lovely, really nice. Like to speak them all. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it is nice. I think going back to what I was saying right at the beginning, like the mum space is cat is painted as being so negative. Mm-hmm. Like the preconceptions people have about NCT, the the way that the that mothers are written about, treated by society, the way that mum fluences are talked about, mm-hmm. and kind of dis respected I guess and just not to I, I don't know it can it can be yeah. and feel really negative but I've found since I was been born everyone's been fucking lovely yeah there is definitely a downside to it um but I don't know I kind of feel I oh, maybe I'm just blind but I feel like my I feel like my followers on my page have been lovely that I think what's what we have to remember as well is like we're the first generation of parents online Mm. so we're seeing for the first time inside people's houses and holidays and what your kids done for their homework and and all these things and it's so easy to compare which if you see a family doing something marvelous and you're at home and they're at a zoo at the weekend and you're at home doing nothing because you haven't got the energy or you can't afford it or something then that can spark off a bit of jealousy and all that jazz and there is a lot of comparison um with anything, no, you know, even the way that people give birth. But then at the same time, it's it can there can be such pros and cons with being mums online. There is there can be a lot of dark spaces. But then I think at the same time, I found it helpful for me. Like when I had my baby, and I really did feel alone. And then I joined um, social media to almost find something to help me. And then I found um, Mother Pucker and she was one of the first accounts that I followed and um, she made me feel normal, like I wasn't alone. She she posted this picture, she had her pram and in the cup holder she had a bottle of wine. And I was like, (laughs) that I can relate to, that's great. (laughs) Um, And then I just found myself following accounts that made me feel um, like I wasn't a loser in my parenting journey. But also what we have to remember is I feel like we should all look at Instagram as like our own personal magazine. We have the power to choose to follow accounts or delete accounts. And I only like to follow accounts that I feel like really inspire me or I like the account or... So when you're when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see things that I like immediately. And I think if there's any accounts that, any, that triggers anything in anyone that makes them feel shit about themselves or whatever like just step away from it mm. or if you can't delete it because you know them or whatever you can just mute them mm. like there's a lot of things that we can do to protect ourselves from feeling shit online um and i've said that to 
a lot of people who have said to me, oh, this person's making me feel really uncomfortable, made me shit about myself. I'm like, I'm just fucking delete them. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, this mm. is your personal account. Yeah. You're not, you, you know, you don't have to be online. Yeah. It's, it's a choice. Yeah. So choose who you want to follow. And it's not on them. It's not on no. the person that they're talking about to make no. you feel better. No. And when I first joined Instagram as well, I used to feel quite um, hurt if someone unfollowed me. But now, I'm like, it's, it, it's, it's fine. It's almost, it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I, I, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a like good you, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I've triggered something or if you're sick of me or you're sick of the little hands, then fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Louise, we can't let you go without talking about your brilliant new book. Oh. Please, can you tell us all about it, where people can find it, when's it out, tell us um, everything. Yeah, thank you. So it's called Mama Still Got It and it's out June the 8th. Uh, you can pre-order now on Amazon. Um, and it's it's funny. It's a book on parenting in the parenting year. So it starts in the parenting school year. So it starts in September when everyone goes back to school. You've got this all to come. Well, you both do. Um and ends in August. And it's all the things that we go through within the school year. And there's so much, you know, Easter, World Book Day, Halloween, uh, birthdays, play dates, swimming. I mean, there's so much. Like it's exhausting thinking about it. Um, so it's all in the book and it's all written in a very lighthearted, comedic way that hopefully parents can relate to. It's it's a lot of it is is my reels written in a written version. Um, it's the kind of book that you can just pick up and put down. Um, it'd be great for summer holidays because it's out in June, take it away with you. Um, and also what's quite special about it is I've asked my husband to do a right of reply because obviously I bashed him a lot in the book. <laughs> uh, a few home truths come out and he's done his right of reply and we didn't read each other's sections until now. Oh my gosh. And it's fascinating reading what he said about me. Because obviously I do shit that I didn't realise is annoying. (laughs) I can't believe you've done this for the first time in a book. Yeah. Because you can't (laughs) delete a book. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, there's stuff that I do. And I'm not going to give anything away. Like you have to buy it to read it. Um, But and there's also the audiobook, and he's done the audio as well. But then also, my mum's done a chapter on her take on grandparenthood and how different it is now Aww. to compare when she was a mother. And it's fucking hilarious. Honestly, like, it's so funny. So the whole, so it's, it's you know, I'm going to blow my own trumpet, but it's a great book to buy. Um, and um, I'm really, you know, I'm really proud of it. You know, I've always wanted to write a book and it's, it's like having another baby. Like writing a book is like you've got the whole process that feels like a pregnancy and it's and the birth of holding it. It's um it's great. Yeah. So. It's so cool. It's Honestly, amazing. it's such a good book. I was lucky enough to get a manuscript and like I said before, I feel like I can relate, even though I can't. <laughs> I definitely can't, but it's just so good and so like down to earth, but just fucking hilarious. Oh, thank and you. yes, everyone needs a copy. Um, we're gonna leave the link to pre-order in the show notes. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank it's just you. wonderful it's a pleasure. having you. No, thanks, lady. It's been awesome. Thank, thank you. So you. Should I delete that is part of the ACAS Creator Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.